Welcome back to the Walk the Word podcast with me, Pastor James, coming out of Saar Fellowship in the Kingdom of Bahrain. We are working through Genesis one chapter a week, and today we get to Genesis chapter 17, and we're looking at Abraham and the covenant of circumcision. So if you've not read Genesis 17 in the recent past, uh, go ahead, press pause, and we'll come back together, and we'll walk through it together as we seek to know and grow in God's Word. So Genesis 17 begins, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you, and may multiply you greatly. So at the end of chapter 16, we read that Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bought Ishmael to Abram. So now this is 13 years later, and Isaac is still not on the scene. So he's an old man by now, he's 99 years old, and he's past that point where most people would naturally, well, the vast majority of people would naturally have uh, children. So he's 99 years old. He was 75 years old back in chapter 12 when the promise was given to him, and he was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. So this is 13 years later, he's 99 years old, And God appears to him. And we've said before in previous chapters that uh, it's, it's not said explicitly, but when we see the Lord God taking a physical form, we can say that it's a pre incarnate appearance of Jesus, so God in human form. And he says to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless. So Abraham, or Abram as he still is, gets this revelation of who God is. I am God Almighty. And then the expectation of his behavior and character based on what God has just said. I am God Almighty. There's a revelation. Walk before me and be blameless. There's the expectation. So because I am God Almighty, you should walk before me and be blameless. And then verse 2 says that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. And uh, then we continue in verse 3 and we read that uh, Abram fell on his face and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make you into nations and kings shall come from you. So we see here then in verse 5 that Abram's name is now changed to Abraham and God has given him this name change. And also God will give him the fulfillment of uh, this name change too. So Abraham means father of a multitude, whereas Abram just means father or maybe exalted father. But still, this is a guy who's not had yet the child of this promise, the son of the promise. So at this point, he's still walking in faith. He's still growing in faith that God's saying, look, I'm going to make you into nations, plural, and kings, plural, shall come from you. Whereas back in Genesis chapter 12, if you flick back a couple of pages, we read uh, in Genesis 12, 2, I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you... All of the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so that's one. I will make of you a great nation. Whereas he had just a couple of chapters further forward, things have now developed and they've been added to by the Lord. And he says, I'll make you into nations and kings shall come from you. 
And it's interesting to see that um, in verse 3, Abram fell on his face, uh, and that's the, the, the proper and reverent response, really, to, um, to a, a personal appearance from the Lord. I think oftentimes now, you know, people talk about, I was in the presence of the Lord, and it was just so calming and so um, I was so full of love. And, and, you know, those things are true. You don't want to discount that. But all throughout Scripture, we see that first, when people are encounter, when they encounter the presence of the Lord, they often fall down in, in reverence. They fall down as if dead. It's, it's such an awesome, awe-inspiring place to be that the first response that we see throughout Scripture is, you know, people fall down and they reverence and they, and, and, and they fall down because it's such an awe-inspiring thing uh, to see. So we carry on and we read in verse 7 that I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And uh, as we continue then, verses 9 through 14, we start to talk about this covenant of circumcision, the physical sign of this covenant made by faith. Uh, So we read in verse 9, God said to Abram, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring, after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house or bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring, both he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh, an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. So here then we see that being circumcised is the physical sign and it's an outward display of being in the covenant, trusting the Lord by faith. Um, And it's very, very interesting. We see in verse 12, he who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. And uh, I read this week that uh, newborn children have, um, they're not very good or their blood is not very good at clotting uh, when they're first born. And um, if you've had babies in the last few years, you, you probably took them for a vitamin K injection when they were born. And, uh, and that helps. It's, it's a blood clotting agent. And I read this week that another blood clotting agent called prothrombin is at its highest levels on precisely the eighth day of life, making the eighth day the safest, earliest day to circumcise a baby. Now, there was no way that Abram would have known this. There's no way that anybody thousands of years ago could have known this. And I think that just really speaks into the, the sovereignty of God, the creator that he is, that he knows his creation. We are fearfully, we are wonderfully made. This thing, this blood clotting agent peaks on the eighth day. And God says to Abram, Abraham now, uh, he who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. 
and uh, it's just a, a wonderful display of of intelligent design and the intelligent creator mm -hmm. behind that. And uh, and again, though this the, the circumcision is a physical sign for the physical offspring of Abraham. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. And um, unfortunately, though, um, as as time progresses and as time progressed, being circumcised almost became the covenant itself rather than being a sign um, that you uh, hold to this covenant of, 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 of righteousness by faith and of trust in the Lord, of, of obedience and trust and faith as Abraham did. And, uh, and again, I read this week that um, over time, throughout centuries, uh, the Jews, Jewish people began to trust more in the signs and the works and the displays of the covenant rather than the God of the covenant. And they believed that circumcision by itself was sufficient and necessary to be saved. But as we continue through God's word, we get to Galatians. And Paul says really, really clearly in Galatians 5 verse 6 that in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. And again, it's a lot of people will... Um, will draw the, the correlation as they should do, really, because it's, uh, it's written in Scripture. They'll draw the correlation to baptism. And again, that is, an, that is an outward sign. That is a physical demonstration of your inward spiritual reality. So being baptized uh, does not save you. Um, it, it displays to the world that you are saved through faith in the faithfulness of Jesus. And again, uh, it's the same with, um, with, with circumcision. Again, we read in verse 11, you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. And again, we've talked about in, uh, in previous chapters that really the covenant rests on God. You know, we, we talked about how they set up all the animals that they were going to walk through together, uh, that the two people would make in a covenant as they cut a covenant. And, uh, but interestingly, we said that it was, it was the Lord who walked through so he's arranged, he's made, he's cut this covenant, and then he's walked through these, these animals laid out by himself. So the covenant rests on him. And it's the same now for us with faith in Jesus. The new covenant that we are under uh, rests on him. It doesn't rest on us, because we know, don't we, that if it rested on us, uh, we would surely drop it through our uh, just natural sinful, fallen human selves. So praise the Lord that this covenant that, that we are under now through faith in Jesus uh, doesn't rest on us. And as we continue, we get to verse 15 and we see that as Abraham has had his name changed by the Lord, now it's the turn of Sarai, his wife. So we read, God said to Abram, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And... Um, very similar sounding names, and at first glance, there's not too much difference. But um, Sarai apparently means my princess, and Sarah is just a very general term for princess. So, um, Sarai is now going from the princess of Abram and Abram's family to just a general, generally being viewed as a princess. And we see that in verse 16, this is because... Uh, the Lord says, I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. 
And Abraham's response to this is quite funny because he's 99, Sarah's, you know, 90. We read in verse 17 that he fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, shall a child be born to a man who's 100 years old? Shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And um, the more you read around this, um, when you look into the context of the passage, this is not laughing in derision. This is not laughing um, at somebody. Uh, this is laughing and kind of laughing and rejoicing. There's just a, a bubbling joy coming out of Abraham. You know, it's so joyful. Look, shall we really have children? I'm nearly 100. I'm 100, about 100 years old. She's 90. But they've, they've still got faith in the promise. And uh, we read, and Abram said to God, you know, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. And God said, no, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. And Isaac means joy, Isaac means laughter. So that helps us to understand that Abram wasn't laughing at God, like what a ridiculous idea you've just given me. He's laughing in, in joy, he's laughing in, uh, in, 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 through rejoicing. But he says, look, you know, what about Ishmael? You know, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Uh, and then the Lord says in verse 20 that essentially he is going to be blessed, but Isaac is the one through, the, through whom the covenant is going uh, to pass. So we read, as for Ishmael, I've heard you. Behold, I've blessed him and will make him fruitful, multiply him greatly. And we said that, um, I think it was chapter 16, we said that he, Ishmael, became the, the forefather as such for, for the Arab people, of which there are millions and millions and millions. So I've, I've heard you, behold, I've blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father 12 princes and I will make him into a great nation. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. So there's a few more details coming with the promise now. Like, look, Sarah will have a son. You're going to call him Isaac. And uh, it'll be about this time next year. And then verses 22 through to the end of chapter 17, we see the obedience of faith now. And we've said before about Abraham that he was kind of learning his obedience, uh, that he was partially obedient at first. And I'd suggest that that's kind of representative of the journey that we all take. We know we should trust the Lord, but when we're new to it, we kind of take baby steps and we trust him and we see that you know, he's, 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 he comes good and what he says and his word is true and right and, and we should live like this. So we take some more steps and then you know, before long we're, we're as Abraham is here. So uh, we read in verse 22, when he had finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham. Verse 23, uh, then Abraham took Ishmael his son and all those born in his house or bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very day as God had said to him. So Abraham has gone through this wonderful journey of obedience and faith where he's partially obedient and I'll kind of, I'm going to dip my toe into this and, you know, yes, I trust you, and, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going into this slowly. I'm going to be a little bit here, a little bit there. So here in verse 23 of chapter 17, where God finishes speaking to him and he, we read God went up from Abraham and that very day he is obedient his, his, his faith is put into action. He's acting on this belief and he's doing it. He's doing the work. He's doing what God has told him to do. He's circumcising uh, all the males in his house, which when you think about it is a huge step of faith because he has physically incapacitated his entire um, household staff, his entire um, 
army, his entire method of defending his, his himself and his and his and his new son and his family and his flock and his livestock and all that kind of stuff is in one day physically incapacitated every male in his house and it's a huge step in faith that God will uh, protect and defend them because Abraham has essentially taken out of action um, all the guys who are in his house and he's not this is not something that he grew into this is something that God said and he did it this is a word from the Lord and we read that very day as God had said to him Abraham did it. He was 99 years old, and uh, when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, Ishmael, his son, was 13. And that very day, Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised, and all the men of his house, those born in the house and those bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. So again, he's had a word from the Lord, and he's put that into action immediately. And when we just pause and when we think about that, that is a huge lesson for you and for me now. We have a word from the Lord, and we often think, I need to go away and pray about it. Or, I need to grow into this. Or, I'm just in a period of transition right now. And yet here, God the Lord speaks to Abraham, and we see that very day, as God had said to him. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that we should act... uh, rashly and we should put into action everything that we think possibly might be maybe potentially possibly came from from god obviously here abraham had a a personal visit from the pre-incarnate jesus so that is something that we should put into action but the principle is there for, for you and for me right now that when we get a word from the lord when we get the sense that he is in something we don't need to wait we do it we do it now And if we're not sure, then yes, go away and seek godly counsel and check with the full counsel of his word and and, and pray about it and fast over it. But you know, when we are sure that God is in it, as Abraham did that very day, we need to get on with doing stuff. So Genesis 17, we see uh, Abram becomes Abraham, Sarai becomes Sarah. We see the outward physical sign of the covenant that God made with Abraham. And as we continue next week into Genesis 18, this narrative continues and uh, we see Abraham interceding for Sodom. Until then, God bless.